spoken lately. I haven't thought about flying for a long time. I haven't dreamed of that moment when I was alone above the clouds for a long time. I haven't dreamed of waking up in a room surrounded in blue and green grass more years than I could dream of memory. I haven't walked back into the past or scratched on the doors of my origins, where it all came from, since I held up that cape for the last time. Return to Kent Town 10th year anniversary edition is a revised version of Ambien's first poetry book. The book can be purchased from Amazon and it contains numerous additional material. Spoken Hi, it's Andian from Spoken Label. A spoken Label was originally set up at the beginning of 2016 and records show it started off really as a one-off podcast chatting to writers, poets and artists. Over time, it became monthly, then weekly and occasionally nowadays it goes on that to a more regular basis. To date, I've done over 330 sessions and I'm always looking for new poets, writers, artists, singer-songwriters, general interesting creative people to come onto the podcast. You can find this on all the usual networks over Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Podbay and dozens of others. But it does have a central database of spoken label, which is all one word, dot bandcamp.com. Obviously now, to help me with the running costs of this podcast, I'm always grateful for any kind of donation to assist me with it. You can either do the donation through the Bandcamp page by putting in a fee to download one of the free podcasts, or send it over to my PayPal to aen1mpo at yahoo.co.uk. My email address again is aen1mpo at yahoo.co.uk. Enjoy the podcast. Take care. Bye. Spoken Label. Book launch tonight. I'm Andy N. Spoken Label. The book is from Dreamwell Publishing by the fantastic Daniel Kay and the equally marvellous Mel Ward of Woodend. And the book, obviously, people are wondering, is the Art, scope of art and poetry. Now we're going to start off tonight. We've got a number of writers here tonight that will be reading from the book. And only kind of makes sense really tonight if the gentleman that invited me to do this for him tonight, Daniel Kay, actually reads out his poem and also gives a little bit of talk about the charity this is in aid of as well. I'm going to now, everybody's wondering, I'm going to speak of you and it's Daniel Kay will start off tonight. Thanks, Sandy. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for coming to the Scope of Art and Poetry book launch. It's an honor to be here with all of you, and a pleasure to be raising money for such a wonderful charity. Scope of Art and Poetry, which the cover is behind me, is a collection of artwork and poems from around the world, brought together to create an inspiring and thought-provoking book. This project began as a way to bring attention to the power of art and its ability to move, inspire, and bring hope. It's been a long but amazing journey. The book features work from artists, poets, designers, 
photographers, illustrators and more. Now, it falls to me to tell you what scope does, but first, I've got some facts about disability. Disability can be a difficult subject to discuss, and it's often overlooked, but it is an extremely important issue in the UK. One in five people in the UK live with a disability. That's more than 12 million people. Of those people, nearly half, around 5 million, have a mental health condition. People with disabilities are also more likely to be in poverty than those without disabilities. Around 41% of disabled people are at risk of poverty, compared to 28% of non-disabled people. Disabled people are also less likely to be in employment than their non-disabled peers. Only 48% of working-age disabled adults are employed, compared to 79% of non-disabled adults. Unfortunately, disabled people may also face discrimination and negative attitudes from society, including at work, school or when accessing services such as healthcare or transport. This can lead to feelings of isolation and exclusion for some disabled people. Thankfully, there are numerous charities and organizations that provide advice, support and guidance for those living with disabilities. These organizations include Disability Rights UK, Scope, Leonard Cheshire Disability, and Mind amongst others. These charities offer support and advice on a range of issues, from employment support and welfare rights to housing and health advice. Scope is a charity organization in the UK that helps disabled people and their families to live life to the fullest. They provide practical and emotional support to help people through difficult times, as well as long-term support for disabled people and their families. They also campaign for the rights of disabled people and their families. Their mission is to make sure that disabled people have the same opportunities as everyone else in life, whether it's finding a job, getting an education, or being able to access public transport. They offer a wide range of services, from advice on benefits and employment to activities that help children with disabilities get involved in the community. They also provide information about disability issues and campaigns on behalf of disabled people. I'll put their link in the chat, along with details of the book, but I'm gonna do my poem. That was a nice segue, wasn't it? Anyway, my poem is called Her Penetrating Eyes, and it's based on an art piece of a woman wearing a headdress. Colors and textures, different materials, different meanings. So much can be analyzed in art, so much can be analyzed in life. Isn't art a way of expressing ourselves, and sharing our deepest, most intimate feelings, thoughts and experiences? Look at her penetrating eyes at her detailed features, at the colors that accompany her clothes, her scarf. Look at the diamonds that decorate her face, filling it with brightness, elegance and beauty. Look at the collage, made by the different materials, which all evoke different sensations. Imagine yourself contemplating this woman, staring deep into her gaze, being hypnotized by how sad, yet hope flies. Many people question, what art really is? Is it subjective? Is it meant for its audience? Or for its artist? Do we need to appreciate its beauty, or the meaning behind it? Do all pieces have meaning? 
or are they purely beautiful, impacting creations for us to explore? Either way, art is made for us to enjoy. Art was created to evoke feelings, evoke sensations and experiences. To share messages to all who observe. The beauty behind the textures, the colors, the characters. Take it as you will. But art inspires us all. Art brings us together. Through splendor, through complexity, through passion. Thank you. I'm gonna hand you over to your host for the evening. He's my good friend, and as he said earlier, he's got a podcast too, called Spoken Label. It's Andy N. Fantastic. Thanks, Daniel. That was a great start to tonight. Really, really enjoyed it. Everyone make it, give him a round of applause. He deserves it for this book alone completely. Tremendous stuff. It really, really is. And I've just I've been reading the PDF this afternoon. It's absolutely tremendous. I can't wait to get hold of the book myself when I've got some money towards the end of the month. Now, like I said before, Chip, we've got a few readers on here tonight. The first one is a lady, obviously, who was telling us before, just off mic, that she's got a bit of battery, battery issues of her equipment. So we've got Janet Jenkins. Now, I've got bios of most people here. So if anyone wants to say anything else about themselves before they start doing the poem, that's fine with me and Daniel. I've got Janet Jenkins here as listed as the leader or queen of the... Lynch, I hope we're about to do Lynchfield Poets. And Daniel adds, she makes us laugh every time we see her. So I'm looking forward to this. Over to Janet. Can you unmute yourself, Janet? Can't hear you. Sorry, somebody must have muted me again because I was on mute. Right, I'll start again. Obviously, Daniel is the one who called me queen of the poets, but I'm not really anyway. The theme of my um, poems <laughs> might seem a little bit weird, but it's a, a, a weird kind of theme. It's a beautiful theme, but it's a woman with a mask over her face and lots of birds all flying around in her hair. And I thought, oh my lord, how do I how do I get around that? So I decided to make it a bit surreal, and it's called The Girl with Birds in Her Curls. Her name was Rosie, and from the age of four, she loved the colour red. She had to wear a blue school uniform, but at all other times she insisted on scarlet, crimson, cherry, ruby. No amount of cajoling or de demanding would change her mind. Her parents had to give in. Rosie felt pretty, clever and very special, but children never wanted to play with her. They thought she was odd. As she often talked to herself as she stood in the playground, I mean, she didn't mind. She had all the company she wanted. Her parents and teachers tried to help us home and at school, but nothing worked. I'm all right, she'd say. I don't want to play with others. They might get hurt. You might hurt other children. No, you wouldn't, Rosie. No, of course not. But they might hurt the birds in my hair. What? Where? You're not well, Rosie. 
we'll have to get some advice. Rosie played along, saw psychologists and doctors, but found nothing wrong with her magic birds. Stayed amongst the curls in her hair for many years. They bathed in her shampoo, drank from her shower, and ate berries and birdseed when she dug her garden. No one ever saw them until one day she had the desire to buy and apply purple nail varnish. The birds wriggled, stamped their feet and flew away. People blinked in disbelief. Rosie cried and cried, but then felt free. She bought clothes in rainbow colours and painted the town red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo and violet, and was happy to sing along with all the birds in her garden. Thanks. Really, really enjoyed that then, Janet. Brilliant stuff. Really. Not a real great change in tone there. Daniel's piece. That's I think that's great when you've got a book like this where you hear so many different sorts of voices on it and each one's engaging and just perfect as their own. Mm. I actually found with this book, and I've got, I've got two pieces in there, and I'll read one later. It was like it was quite interesting like, to actually sit down and actually try and write a piece on trying to be influenced by the paintings. And it was mm. a really, really good challenge out. So Mm. And I can see that I can see that from everybody else's piece in this book. You can see that it's been a massive love for everybody on this. Okay. I think it mm. helps if you haven't got the book yet to give oh. a little description of the painting. Oh, blimey, I'm useless to that. <laughs> Daniel, <laughs> you'll I'll let, I'll let you have the honour of that one, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'll mute myself now. <laughs> I'll let oh. Daniel do that one. <laughs> <You've got laughs> I'm, no, I'm no artist. Still got 38% left. <laughs> okay, right. Okay, we'll move on. Okay, sorry, I can't, I can't help you up with the descriptions of the paintings. <laughs> Wrong man for that. Okay, now we're over now to the first of two sisters now that I know, I know Daniel really likes both these ladies as well. And <laughs> two sisters living on the Welsh border. <laughs> now, they are, all I've got here is they're both really supportive of us and they've both got their own craft business, which perhaps <laughs> the best intro I can give you there, ladies. But hey is, that, is that craft or crafty, Daniel? <laughs> well, let, well, let Daniel do that one. Let to Daniel. I'm just, I'm just being the front man here. I'm not going to put my butter in my mouth tonight. So, okay. Well, first of all, then, we're going to go to Jan Hedger. Hi. Over to you, Jan. Hi. Um... I absolutely love responding to art, photographs, etc. It's uh, it's a fascinating sort of yeah. side of poetry, I think, in responding to it. Um, and I've got two, and they're both quite short. Um, my first one, um, how can I describe her? I mean, I've never watched Game of Thrones, but I would imagine she looks a little bit like Game of Thrones. She's a she's blonde sort of hair like snakes, I suppose. And she's on a, a seafront somewhere. Um, and she's got sea creatures around her um bit surrealist in sun bleached blue she is a girl of the tide line in barefoot bathing passing kiss of onshore breeze sweeps her cheeks she is the pull of the moon in silver shadow light a ghost of a kiss fleeting from her salty lips 
She is a girl with hair of shifting sands, constantly changing in Earth's rotation. She is a girl of starfish, shells and arctic turns, crossing continents between cyclic rise and fall. She is Morgana of a circling sea in Old Welsh, an enchantress of Athurian legend in sun-bleached blue. And a shift of mood, actually, um, for the second one. Um, and I've got a suspicion that we didn't know at the time, but I think Pauline and I may have responded to the same artist with two, two pieces of work um, because it was done in really bright blocks of colour, like a bit of mosaic painting. Um, and the one I chose, it's got the car, like an old car, old 60s style car, parked outside these terraced houses, all done in these blocks of colour. And at the time, we were all hanging up the bunting. And that's what I've called it, hang up the bunting. He sees life in 60s Carnaby Street, Mary Quant, Zandra Rhodes, Twiggy, Cher, Brigitte Bardot and Vogue. Sees beyond the repeat, 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 red brick three-storey terraces to its vibrant, beating, pulsating heart. Sees its jukebox, its ready steady go, spinning on 45 RPMs. Here's Woodstock, Jimi Hendrix, San Francisco. Be sure to wear flowers in your hair. Motown, a Ford Corsair, blasting Radio Luxembourg. We all live in a yellow submarine. Thank you. Brilliant stuff. Great. Really, really good to change your tone on both those pieces then, I felt, actually. Yeah. Where, like, it was like, I think, doing the two short pieces like that, I loved the fact that you referred the first one to the Game of Thrones. All I've seen of Game of Thrones is because my wife used to watch it was all the nudity and that, quite frankly, well, shocking I, violence I was and just sex. trying to think of those ones, you know, <laughs> that have these sort of, um, yeah, I mean, my husband watches these sort of films all the time and I couldn't think of any title of anything I was trying to explain and that's all I could think of. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's brilliant. Really, really good pieces. Like I said, it was like, certainly, like, and I, I love the reference to the Beagles in the second one as well there, Jan, as well. Yeah. Two really, really great pieces. Thank, Thank you. you for that. Thank okay. you very much. Thank you. We're now going to be I'll swivel. I'll swivel. We're going to either say it's our kid now, don't you? Right. So we won't to our kid now. Is it in Manchester? Oh, no, no, she, no, she's no, the no. older. You've had the our kid first. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a compliment. Isn't it? <laughs> Over to Pauline Fogg. Hi. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've always had a love of the sea. Always. And at one time, my husband and I actually we used to go sea fishing. And when I saw this um, piece of artwork, it was showing like a lone boat on the shore and the backdrop of the cliffs and the sun radiating across the sea. And I've called this Distant Shores. Muffle of cloud settled over the bay. Little fishing boats tethered to boys vanished in the haze. Seeing sat, resting her keel, nestled in pebbles. Lapping of the waves awakes her memories. Why don't they come? 
trotting down the beach, fishing rods in hand. Bobbing up and down, fresh wind ruffled their hair. Throbbing of my engine taking us to anchor. Sight of land disappearing. They sat in wild anticipation of what the catch would bring. Am I now to be abandoned? Rotting timbers eaten away. Just become another wreck. Thank you. Wow, that was excellent again. I've got to ask you both, obviously. Like, I've not met you before, obviously. Like, when you... I've got family members that write poetry himself. I've got a 15-year-old nephew that's absolutely brilliant at it. And he's picked up a lot earlier than I did, certainly. But do you find when you're both writing pieces, do you actually, like, bounce the ideas off each other, do you all? It's just completely done separately. No, don't we? Sometimes. I wouldn't say it's something no, that's no, obvious. No, no, not obvious, is no, it? No, we'll, we'll often get... Um... Um, inspiration though and, and say to the other one oh but, yeah, but, that, yeah, but, yeah. but not so yeah. much writing style no yeah no, you, certain those pieces I've heard that I thought they were completely different so that's great yes I'm always yeah. a firm, always a firm yeah. believer in it, definitely because like you ever heard what my wife writes my wife's a writer as well she's a deadly poet like mm. it said like some ways we're dissimilar but otherwise we're completely different so that's why I think it's always great when you see family yeah. members that are right I'm always curious yeah. to know so yeah. but anyway the, the, big different, the big difference is yeah. Pauline can see things, yeah. like observe people mm. going about the people. business and write about them. P anything, if I write anything about people, I think they're all in here. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, you're like, yeah. yeah yours mine, are more like the memory side, mine, isn't it? Mine, yeah. mine tends to be definitely more visual. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've got, got that. Yeah. They're both brilliant. So I want to thank you both for that, for Daniel. Thank, thank you very much, Andy. Thank and you. Wonderful stuff. Nice to meet you. Yes, the same. The same <laughs> as well, definitely. Okay. Now we've met two family members, and there was another family now. So, and I was just winding, winding Jan and Polly up at our kid. So we're going to go on to our sister now, definitely. So we're going to move on to Daniel's sister, Lisa. Now, Lisa Milnard is an artist who has her own animal sanctuary. She writes about injustices, and I love the fact what Daniel's has put in, and most importantly, she's my sister. So straight over to Lisa. I thought she was here, Lisa. Lisa, can you unmute yourself? I think she's crashed. So, yeah, it's crashed up. Daniel, do you want to drop your sister a message and tell her we think she's crashed? So we'll move on. We'll squeeze it back in later. So it's not a problem. So, okay then. Moving on to that then. And after that, there's me. You've got you stuck with a little old me now. So now. The piece I'm going to do here from the book is this one was put back on the speaker. This one actually was from the book itself, where I remember the painting this one actually as well, where there was a picture of a hill with like some plants and stuff just before it. So I'm currently working on the book myself at the moment where you've actually got like a like a load of imaginary letters to in a couple. So this is a matter of couples. This is a piece that's may end up in this book and the title's probably almost as long as the poem is as well so it's called between yesterday and today or somewhere further afield do you remember what lies beyond that garden and the hill 
across the side road, Sarah, or whether the sea breeze in the distance leads another way back to the Black Cliff. Do you remember if the hill led back to town or towards that broken country path, laced in daffodils in the cracks, stopping at the edge of the meadows? Was it spring or summer or a hazy memory somewhere in between? Or did horses run free across there like a tractor in mechanical indifference, shifting metres and moments between yesterday or before we met again, streaked through the ecstasy, corroded in the waves, crawling across memories, ebbing into reflection for a few seconds, and mentioned ourselves in childhood again, and dawn turned into daylight. Okay, folks, that's me done there. Brilliant. Thank you. Right, okay. And I think Lisa's back actually. Let's just double check. Lisa, are you back? Are you with us? I'm back. I'm back. Sorry. Good. Oh, don't worry. Right. Is that, that's the perks of Zoom. Sometimes it throws you out when you least want it to. Right. Uh, Daniel. Before you start this, one second. Daniel, Ian Henry's just arrived at us. I'll let him in. I know he's only here to watch tonight. Lisa, what I'll do is I'll give you the give you the big build up again, okay? So that way, before you've got a couple of seconds to get composed, okay? Sort of fair, okay? Right, Lisa, obviously, as people said before, is, is Daniel's sister, and Lisa Milnard is an artist who has her own animal sanctuary. She writes about injustices, and I do love this. What Daniel's put in, most importantly, she's my sister, which sums it up perfectly. So, over to Lisa. Thank you. I feel like I'm milking it having two introductions, um, but I've got an ancient computer and I was desperately trying to unmute. Um, yeah, so I'm an extremely proud sister at the moment that Daniel has um, he's worked on how hard he's worked on this book. Um, so it was a pleasure to contribute to it. And I know the work that Scope have done um, to sort of support Daniel and our family. Um, so my picture was... Um, it was by somebody called Benjamin Holton, and I don't know if you can see that very well. It's quite a dark picture, um, and it's sort of like at the front forefront of the image. It's a little bit like the scream, um, and then in the background there is um, what I interpreted as a lot of chaos. Um, sort of looks like you know the aftermath of bombs going off and stuff. Um, so this poem is called This Is War. The church bells tolled as they screamed their last. The final blast, debris settled on the spines of history books. Souls tortured by tortured souls, a vicious circle as the viper clamps down on his toxic tail. The wings fall off as fairy tales are shot, blitzed into an oblivion of broken hearts. Shards fracture the future, collected by Lucifer, placed into blood-stained windows, tinted by the scent of hope. Amongst the ungrateful glitz and the gaudy glamour, the cracks in the pavement remember. Buried rubble screams trouble drowned out by the hiss of buzzes. The earth quakes beneath bulldozers as it once did beneath polished boots. But... The youth don't care as they walk in the shadows of those no longer there. Thank you. And well done on the book, Daniel. 
excellent stuff, Lisa. That I know I've heard you read Daniel's piece before now. It's the first time I've actually heard you read actually reading your own work out there. I really, really enjoyed that. So excellent stuff indeed. So and I've obviously I've known Daniel's told me about your artwork as well. And I didn't know about your charity. So tell us about your about the animal charity thing you're involved with very quickly as well. So just so people know. Okay. Um yeah, so I've got an animal sanctuary called Duckingham Palace. Um, so I never intended on having an animal sanctuary. It just sort of happened and then it spiralled very quickly. And we've now got an awful lot of animals here. And we are trying to continually expand to meet demand. All that rhymed. Um, yeah, so it's good. <laughs> Combining the two. Um, yeah, so it's uh, we're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Um, we've currently got a bit of a bingo game going on. If anyone wants to get involved, you could win £30 or you could win £10. Um, so, yeah, we're... Uh, constantly trying to just raise a bit of extra money so we can keep expanding and looking after the animals that we've got because we've got an awful Lisa, lot of yeah I'm I'm having a sort through a load of my stuff and I've got stuff that includes like Harry Potter books and things that I'm looking to donate to an animal charity um yeah is that something that would be of any use to you instead of cash because then you can then sell it on or raffle the items and things like that or yeah yeah that'd be I'll awesome um because we've we're doing our first market stall as well in i can't remember it's june or july so we're, do, we're doing a tombola um so nice. yeah all items like well, that yeah as well um, um where, where is it is it in stafford is it down that way no so it's, we're we're just on the border of leicestershire and warwickshire we're atherston um, but I am in Stafford. I'm in Stafford an awful lot. Um, I'm in so Stoke, I'm, so we can work something out, man. I'm happy to volunteer yeah, yeah, if I'm, I'm not I'm at work that way as well. Yeah, yeah, I've got quite a lot of friends up there that I meet regularly, so I am up that way nice. quite a lot. So I'll, um, I'll private message you and chat about it. That's where we'll you it, mate. Every extra hand Thank helps you. and every extra donation helps, doesn't it? So. Yeah, Great. thank you very much. Bye. Thanks, lady. Thanks, Ashley. Sorry, and that's Lita. No, don't worry, Ashley. I, I know you too well by now. It's not a problem. <laughs> Lisa, I've been asked very quickly here, as I see in the comments by Ian as well, to mention about your 10K marathon you're doing in Birmingham as well. Yeah, in three weeks on Sunday, I am Ooh, attempting to run the Birmingham 10K. I say attempting, um, <clears throat> but I'm not a runner at all. So, um, yeah, I'm just, again, that's just something else I'm doing to raise money for the, for the sanctuary. So. Yeah. Good luck of it straight away as well. All the best of that. Thank you. Okay, moving onwards and onwards and upwards is one of my favourite sayings. We're on to next then, Susan Wood. And Susan, you might want to expand this, is what Daniel sent to me again here. Susan Wood is a Litchfield Poets member. She's like a mother to the poets. She <laughs> likes writing about nature. Straight over to you, Susan. Thank you. And many, many congratulations on the book, uh, Daniel. It's always a lovely, you know, pleasure to uh, work with you and Lisa and um, support what you do. Um, my poem is inspired by a beautiful piece of work, which um, I interpreted as a sort of a wandering albatross over the sea. Um, and it's called Albatross. And in creation, there was light and dark, water and dry land, animals and winged creatures, and it was good. So far out to sea, there is no land, just a welling and falling of perpetual motion, salt, water, spray, 
the soul wandering in perpetuity, carried on the lash of the wind, star, moon, sun, guarding spirits of departed ones, lost in angry seas, surging, billowing, swelling, through blizzard and bitter cold, riding out the wildness of storm, shrieking, piercing, roar. Out at sea there is no land, but beauty, solitude, calm, and a wild creature flying free, comforter and a bomb. Thank you. Excellent stuff. Wow, that was really, really vivid, that one there, Susan. Brilliant stuff that was. Was that quite an easy... I always like to ask this when you're doing poems based on artwork. How did that one go for you? Was it quite a good, easy piece of you to write, the one? Did you have to really tease um, it out? Yeah, I, th I think um, kind of it sometimes takes, you know, a while to sort of get ideas together. Um, you know, you might have... Um, kind of initial response a feeling towards a piece of work and you know it's it's kind of more to do with trying to um have an original take on it as well and um you know keep keep looking at it and really you know decide what your emotional response is to it um and you know interpreting it in that sort of way really but it was a beautiful piece and i i got a sense of real peace from it as well which i hope came across in in the poem anyway so yeah there was because when you're reading out there and i got a very immense sort of calmness on it it was a reflection to me it shaped me was a most important a calmness and an acceptance almost beautiful yeah. piece thank you for that i really really enjoyed that thank you thanks okay moving on now then okay moving on to a poet now actually i've actually interviewed actually recently for spoken label and also I've hosted her book launch, oh, sorry, Ashley's book launch recently as well. Now, Ashley, 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 of course, Ashley Edge is recently bought a book out called Those Days, These Days. I'm not going to put my foot in my mouth because last time I, I hosted Ashley, I was getting all kinds of things mixed up. So, Ashley, I'll let you introduce yourself here. I'm not going to make a fool of myself again. <laughs> oh, you find me so, you know, I'm understanding of it all. It's some new language for some people, so it's all chill. I'm Ashley, and yeah, my pronouns are they or Z, so please don't call me she. Um, I am not. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, it's not important. Um, I really enjoyed doing this. Ekphrastic poetry is not something that is a comfort zone for me, so I really relish the challenge um my picture was it's um I'm not very good at describing either Andy so we'll give it a go but it's basically a mountainous region with very green mountain um but there's a train cutting through it and it's like leaving the station and going down south and then there's like these little houses just pocketed around and they to me they look like Spanish houses and reminded me of the Pyrenees. So I went with that because I don't know where it's actually meant to be based on. Um, and it's from the perspective of the train. So the train has been personified. There is Spanish in it. So I'm more than happy to translate if anybody wants the translations afterwards. Um, it should work hopefully without knowing the words either though, to be fair, but you tell me. Um, yeah, El Tren de los Pirineos, the Pyrenean train. I taste leaves. My skin and tongue of metal taste El Frio, 
the scent of high winds kiss my windows, miojos as I glide down muy rapido to the unseen city below. I try to savor the sight of unbroken soil to slow my wheels, mi pie, to ease my engine, mi corazón. I want to brag to the other trains when we're birthed for the night and the critters climb aboard to clean us down. But they make me run, push me to gallop, darse prisa, even though I'm sure the humming creatures would prefer a gentle, tranquilo paseo a la pinaculo. Their bright faces gaze, boca abierta, admiring the view of vast silver firs, forests of pine, oak, beech. As I help them rise to the misty peak, I know they would prefer to pause. Olé, las lilios, las orchidias, las aspodeles. I hear their chatter about the magnificent vista, their plan to rest, to devour with all senses once I finally stop. I feel their feet like small weights as niños scurry up and down me. I taste their jamón ibérico, queso roquefort, vino huarachón. I hear their breath easing as we rise to clean air where creatures walk on four feet and the words of trees can be heard. Cada noche, I set with the sun. Both of us slide down the mountain, hide under a cloak of darkness, dormir. Cada noche, I bear the creatures home, past thatched Pueblo Quitos and rusting carros, to the smog, noise, a grime of their urban dream. I really hope nobody speaks Spanish because if you do, you know that I butchered at least three of the words there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that, oh, it's Excellent done now. Stuff. <laughs> Excellent stuff, Ashley. I, I've heard you, to quote you, butcher that one before. I can't think where either, but I, I really enjoyed it then. So tremendous stuff anyway. So, <laughs> so what made you, Ashley, and I'll say, I'm, I'm in a question mood tonight, I took a bit of time spare. Want to put some Spanish into that piece? I think because of where it where it came from in my head and I felt like I was in Spain and I was heading through the Pyrenees and having lived in Spain and we drove there and we actually physically did drive through the Pyrenees. It took me back to that and learning Spanish and having that kind of when I was there to learn Spanish, my mum would make, you know, if she, it, she would teach us the words by changing the words. So we would go out in El Coche. We wouldn't go out in the car, we'd go out in El Coche, which is why I wanted that kind of feel about it. Like you're almost speaking Spanish, but not quite still speaking English, even though technically if you're going through the Pyrenees, you've come from France, but we'll <laughs> skip France. Um, yeah, so that's, that's why it's only the second time I've written that much in Spanish to be fair I don't do it very often so um but yeah for this one why not eh I think it's always great you get a chance to in books like this it gives you a chance to broaden your palette sometimes I think and mm. try things out you perhaps wouldn't try before that is definitely a success and it most definitely deserves to be in the book well oh, done thank you yeah, great stuff great stuff my friend stuff. brilliant okay on to our last poet now of this session and I was just backtracking before, because we've got Lisa Johnson on now. And I didn't realise this with Lisa, 
I first got talking to Lisa nearly four years ago now, and then um, it was over lockdown. And when she was doing a project called the Poet, I get, I get the pronunciations right, the Poetry Project. I've been involved in a few more projects she's done since. So, but I'm going to let Lisa introduce herself and say say what she wants to say about herself. I know she's a tremendous writer, and I'm looking forward to hearing what she's done in this book. Over to you, Lisa. That's very kind of you to say, Andy. Wow. Um, yeah, I have. Uh, I haven't. I did quite a few projects over lockdown that I uh, got a lot of you to join in, uh, didn't I? And that's, <laughs> that's how I got to meet uh, so many uh, really wonderful people and amazing people. Um, I I count myself as a hobbyist and an encourager of others because I know they can do uh, such brilliant things, and um, I like to put it all together and make it look kind of nice and uh yeah and tell people how fabulous they are and say oh i really need that piece of artwork it's, it's absolutely wonderful um so yeah i go and steal things um i even go around to the houses and knock on, knock on their door i had i did that to a couple of artists anyway um yeah i um i had this wonderful uh painting um uh, it looks like you've all frozen have you frozen not sure if I'm talking to myself here or not. No, yeah, um, I'm so here. I'm so here, Lisa. <laughs> my my Wi-Fi is not the not the best either. Anyway, I'll I'll stop gabbling. Um, yeah, I had a beautiful painting. Uh, it was of white flowers, and at the time uh, that I uh, chose the painting, I was actually um, uh, renovating a patch of a garden, and I came across a beautiful, but very uh, difficult to get rid of, bindweed. So uh, this painting kind of like uh, fit my mood of the time. So it's called Battling Bindweed. Is it a good death to be stifled by beauty, not notice the slow tightening of its stems, subdued and serenaded by sweet melodies from pure pearl trumpet? You remember schoolboy stories of jungle snakes, stop and smile at the implausibility of such a fate whilst green coils flower and leaf on their journey ever skyward. Larval roots lie fleshy and ripe to regenerate, mock any effort to erase, not stopped by ripping fingers or sharp spades, but awaits inevitable multiplication and frustration from spring to autumn as you learn to live side by side. Tolerant of your impact on one another, you observe the bee face down in beautiful white-throated bloom and wonder why success in survival should be punished and a thing of beauty cursed. It is a beautiful weed and it does seem a shame to have to rip it out of your garden. Excellent stuff, Lisa. So tell us about your journey with this piece and was this quite an easy piece for you to write this one or did you really... Was it one you had to tease out? It was a long time ago now, so I'm trying to remember. <laughs> um, uh, far back when uh, we first started looking at, at the, the paintings. But uh, yeah, it was, um, it, I think it was a, a chance to vent uh, my frustration. This beautiful weed that, was, that I felt quite bad about trying to get rid of and eradicate. Um, but knowing that if I didn't, it would suffocate everything else in the garden. So 
so yeah I think it, it was just the right the right painting at the right time excellent stuff I want to thank you thank you again on behalf of Daniel everybody else that was a great piece and I think a great way of wrapping up the poetry side of it now now I know Daniel's got a few words he wants to wrap up with to thank everybody tonight so I'm going to shut up and go straight over to Daniel thank you Andy can we keep clapping while I'm thanking a few people can I just thank NGM for hosting this and his help organizing it Mel for publishing this anthology you guys for putting amazing work into it it looks wonderful my family for always being there for me and thank you everyone for coming I really appreciate it I think I've thanked everyone but I've probably forgotten someone <laughs> brilliant stuff Daniel yeah it's been I said it's been great tonight and I want to thank everybody on behalf of myself and spoken label tonight as well Daniel Tell people again very, very quickly before we stop recording where people can get hold of it. You can either get it from me, Mel, or Amazon. Yeah, the price it says on there that the conversation said before was the price is £12.50 with postage or £10 without postage. So I'm certainly, to be honest with you, when I've got some money towards the end of this month or maybe next month, I'm certainly going to buy this book and I'm fully looking forward to it. So I want to thank everybody today as well. Spoken, mate.